As she woke up in the pod, she remembered three things. First, she was traveling through open space. Second, she was about to start a new job, one she could not screw up. Third, she had bribed a she had bribed a government official into giving her a new identity file. None of this information was new, but it wasn't pleasant to wake up to. She wasn't supposed to be awake yet. Not for another day, at least. But that was what you got for booking cheap transport. Cheap transport meant a cheap pod flying on cheap fuel and cheap drugs to knock you out. She had flickered into consciousness several times since launch, surfacing in confusion. Falling back, just as she had gotten a grasp on things, the pod was dark and there were no navigational screens. There was no way to tell how much time had passed between each waking, or how far she'd traveled, or if she'd been, even been traveling at all. The thought made her anxious and sick. Her vision cleared enough for her to focus on the window. The shutters were down, blocking out any possible light sources. She knew there were none. She was out in the open now. No bustling planets, no travel lanes, no sparkling orbiters, just emptiness, horrible emptiness, filled with nothing but herself and the occasional rock. We're doing fine, I'm doing fine, you're doing fine. Welcome to Book Club from We're Doing Fine. I'm Lisa. And I am Roby. And I'm Callum. Woo! We have a guest. We, we have a guest on our book club. This is our first book club guest. You're yeah. welcome. I'm honored. You should be honored. Good. <laughs> Glad. Um, so I have a confession to make to all of our listeners mm-hmm. because I fucked up and didn't finish the book. So I have brought my brother here because he has finished the book and was obsessed with the book and was pissed off at me for not finishing the book and was quite happy to spoil it when I told him I needed to find (laughs) out what happened at the end for the book club. So I'm aware of what happens at the end. I still already plan to finish the book because it is incredible. But Callum is here to give Lisa some actual discussion (laughs) on what happens instead of me going, oh, that happens. No idea I didn't finish it. (laughs) That's okay, you know, you're twins. It's a good, it's a very close surrogate. (laughs) (laughs) At least half of us finished it. That's the main thing. Yes. 50% is good odds, as far as I'm concerned. Well, with our discussion, we'll we'll have ideas about that. (laughs) (laughs) Lisa's like, I have no idea how to respond to this weird, weird thing. There's there's actually a plot device that you probably unwittingly brought up. Um... (laughs) Oh, fuck. Oh, I know exactly because my brother told me. <laughs> um, so I guess I will um, sort of take on a different role in this episode of spurring on conversation. Yeah. So a bit like I did with the Drunk Woman Solving Crime Tribute episode, I'll just like ask you all questions and you can answer oh, them. Oh, good, because I'll need spurred on. Oh, good. Yes, Callum's a shy boy. Um <laughs> Which baffles me because he did an entire episode with me when Lisa was ill. I know. Yeah. That's one of my favorite episodes, though. Thank you, Callum. Oh, you're very welcome. Have you, did you hear the last episode or the episode before? And I made fun of her because she said it was one of the nicest things that someone's yes. ever done for her. And I said, the bar is very low <laughs> if your friend's telling you to get better soon while being ill. 
is the nicest thing anyone's ever done. Like, like that is the standard is yeah. so low. Like, I could buy her a Chinese, and she'd be like, "How are you?" Anyway, this is not what we're doing fine. This is book club, so I will move on. I'm just so, Corbin being like, people are doing nice things for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't care. That. Um, yes. So, uh, Robbie, are you going? That does that today. mean you're going to be asking the questions? Um, yes, if I can get onto my emails, but my phone has been hating me. Uh, but no, Fantastic. I'll be able to get onto emails, and I will be asking the questions. First of all, Lisa, what book are we reading this month? This month. We read The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers. It's a sci-fi space opera. It was absolutely fantastic. It follows the path of the crew of the Wayfarer, which is a tunneling ship going through space. It has several, it has a pretty large cast and crew for a book, especially that's only 440 or so pages, but it did a fantastic job going through everyone's stories. Um, so our main character, the one that was introduced in that pod from the, in our first quote was Rosemary and she is the newest crew member to the Wayfarer and they are just about to go on a long haul. Yeah. I think one of the things that I loved, cause don't get me wrong, despite not finishing it, I still love this book so far. <clears throat> and one of the things that I did love about it was that even though the first character you are met with is Rosemary. The very next chapter is a completely different character, Ashby, yes. the captain of the Wayfarer. And then the next step, the next sort of introduction is another cat, like another crew member. And so at no point do you feel like this is Rosemary's story. Like this is all of this. And I think that's what gives it that sort of soap opera vibe is that you're constantly getting different bits like one of the bits that i got was jenks going to see lovey which you guys will probably discuss at oh, some point yes um but i just love how you were totally removed from what rosemary was doing and it was just jenks and lovey and i was just like this is this is great i love it so much and yet i did not <laughs> that actually goes directly with one of our listener questions from jenna um if you don't oh. mind me butting in but Jenna asked, Absolutely. Rosemary's advertised as the main character of this novel. Is she? I honestly barely noticed her presence and sometimes forgot about her completely. Everyone else was far more engaging. So what purpose did Rosemary ultimately serve in the novel? It's a good question. I think from what I've read so far, Rosemary was a perfect um, sort of plot device to introduce the crew of the Wayfarer to the reader. Yeah. Because you're instantly in Rosemary's shoes of, we we are also new to these people and we get to know them as she does. But at the same time, we see them outside of Rosemary's vision sort of thing, which is very good. I like that. Yeah. Like, I personally didn't see her as the main character. Like, I did at first because she was the first character introduced to us. And, like, she was the character that like is mentioned first on the back of the blurb in the for the book but after a while once you start like jumping from character to character i was like this book is about the wayfarer it's about the crew like the entire crew there is no one main character but i do think that she was very engaging in some points like just how she noticed and observed some things especially with sissix um 
Mm. And like how she did take control in some situations. So oh, I, I do, I do I, think she had a lot of, yeah. I didn't even spoil that bit for Robbie about when she was taking control in certain situations. I forgot about that. Oh, bit. <laughs> with the actor. Well, tell me. I'll let Lisa do it. Yeah. Oh well, they had a uh, they had some space pirates come about halfway through the book. It was this alien. Well, they're all aliens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It was an it was a different species called I think the Acarax. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they they boarded their ship and Rosemary was able to communicate cuz she has that's one of her skills as the clerk is she knows a couple more languages than most other people and she was able to like negotiate with them so that no one really got hurt. That's good. Mm-hmm. I think that's another sort of um useful device that Rosemary encompasses is that so the the example that i can think of is when they're in the port and they're getting their provisions before the long haul yeah and she's instantly used to allow readers to converse with different characters that you know so there's a bit where he's um, one of the main uh, one of the the guys that they're shopping from speaks english and then kizzy wants to speak in his language but can't do it and then rosemary is fluent in it and it's instantly like i think it's it's a really good way of removing the fact that all of these aliens speak english mm-hmm. and introducing that alien aspect to the reader um yes i like that and i think it's a good way to like because I, I do feel like this book despite it being mostly aliens it is very human in the fact that like we also speak different languages and like we can only communicate with someone who's learning on like such a base level but like and we might assume like oh they're kind of dumb because they don't know the language and you're like no no they have a whole different culture and they can express themselves so much better if you if you actually knew what like their base so mhm yeah yeah how do you feel Callum about Rosemary and her being a main character Versus the main character. I didn't get her as the main character, to be honest. I understand, like, she's introduced first, and I kind of thought that she was the main character as well for a bit. And then, like, you guys, she, she does kind of yeah. fade. She is used mostly just as an instrument to do some world building, make some explanations to the readers. But I ended up thinking Ashby was more of a main character. But I think that was just because he was the yeah. captain and mm. he interacted with most of the characters in every situation yeah no that's a f- yeah because with the crew as you know with lisa saying that the the main character is the crew of the wayfarer then the, the mm. instant sort of head of that group is ashby mm-hmm. so it does make sense that he would sort of be the pinnacle of that group and so from that and like as you say he's the one that interacts most with the characters so there's a bit that i Red very near the start where um he's playing a game with Sissix and then he disappears off to the side and then Sissix starts playing with Dr. Chef and then Ashby comes back and it's sort of always it, like at no point does it feel like Ashby wasn't there mm-hmm. but it's just that he you know it's like we're getting a glimpse into those characters and then oh we're back to Ashby again because he takes control yeah. of the situation because that's his role as captain. So it, I think it is uh, 
is a totally natural um, sort of pull towards Ashby, even though we do have a lot of other main characters that are there. Mm-hmm. I think that, as as Lisa said, with the crew of the Wayfarer as the main character, Ashby is that sort of, um, I don't know, I guess he would be the sort of, this is such a random <laughs> analogy, but if the crew of the Wayfarer is the, is a shuttlecock from badminton, he would be the little plastic bit at the top that holds the neck together. <laughs> could you not just say he's the glue that holds them all together? <laughs> I could have done, but in my head I saw a badminton shuttlecock, okay? I don't know why. Rob, I just wanted an excuse to say shuttlecock. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, which podcast is this again? Oh, yes. It's mine, and Lisa's, but mine. Um, shuttlecock. Uh, <laughs> I wish we had titles for these episodes because it would be Shuttlecock. Yep. No. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, I digress. Um, I was going to ask a question. I can't remember what it was. Uh, what was your favourite scene of the novel? Or does one of you want to give a brief sort of synopsis of what happens? Because this you is make a spoiler-filled episode. Some... <laughs> I don't so know. I hadn't not. read it. <laughs> it's a long haul. I forgot half of the stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, if okay, so don't bother the synopsis on the assumption that if people are listening to this, they've read it. So we'll go straight to what is your favorite scene? Fuck me, I'm doing a really bad job this episode. But hey, <laughs> I'm so tired. I thought I did a pretty good synopsis in the beginning. Please cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's staying in. That's gonna be that's gonna be the intro to the intro. <laughs> um, Callum, what was your favorite scene? Oh, it's really difficult to choose. Um, I think because I am a sucker for making myself sad, you know, like watching Grey's Anatomy every week. But um, I think my favourite bit would have been reading, was it like a whole chapter of Jenks and Lovey stuck inside the computer central bit? And that, like, my eyes were just very wet. They were very wet. Yeah, that was a really hard scene. There was, like, a lot of really awesome, powerful, like, emotional scenes in this book. Like, despite the fact that I was, like, giggling most of the way through it, too. But. Yeah. Like, for me, I think one of my favorite scenes was, like, this moment between Rosemary and Dr. Chef where, like, well, it was Rosemary Sussex and Dr. Chef after the Akarak had left, and Rosemary just started, like, just sobbing after Ashby, like, she made sure Ashby was okay, and she was getting everything done, and they were like, oh, you didn't have a moment to freak out, did you? Oh. Like, suppressing your emotions is a very human thing, like, you gotta let them out, because otherwise they're gonna hurt you more, like... Oh, play. And I was like, it's true. I forgot about that bit. That does sound like <laughs> a powerful scene. Both of them sound like powerful scenes, to be fair. And I think that um, that's one of the things that I started to notice at the start of the book. And what I was really looking forward to reading about is that sort of um, soap opera-esque laugh and then suddenly crying and then suddenly on the edge of your seat and then laughing again and then crying again. Like, because even like... Literally the Grey's Anatomy yeah. of sci-fi. Literally. And I think... <laughs> It's really, it's weird to put, because it is incredibly science fiction. Like, at no, on every page, there's a sort of uh, the name of a planet or the name of an alien or the name of a language or the, the um, you know, the mention of the, the space engines or whatever. But at no point do you sort of feel, 
I'm reading a sci-fi mm-hmm. because you're so connected to the characters. Mm-hmm. You're like, this is a story about people. Yeah. And that was really nice. That was, I enjoyed that. I am enjoying that. That is one thing that I'm always kind of hesitant about sci-fi because they all, I feel like they all either do it super well or they're a bit mm. alienating, which is a fun yeah. choice of words for it. Um <laughs> <laughs> But, like, you either are, like, yes, this is such a good book, or it's, like, a deep dive into tech and, like, just being, like, yes, I'm in space. This is so cool, and that's what this is about. Yeah. Sci-fi. Like, some sci-fi, there's almost an aspect of it's so thought out that you're, like, I I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Like, you're, you're sort of, you feel like this is someone else's thoughts that I have not really privy to or welcome to like there's just so much of it that you're like you're i don't know i don't know the best way to describe it whereas the only way i can describe it is to describe the opposite of it which this book does really well in that you're sort of drawn into it Mm -hmm. like at no point are you like well why do we know that you even when they're talking about um planets or the or a war or the alliance you're like oh my god tell me more Mm -hmm. like what why is that how did that happen? Why are they... Who is this um, Toremi Ka people that suddenly have an alliance? Like, even when, you know, you don't know who the Toremi are, but he goes, oh, the Toremi Ka are now in the alliance. You're like, oh, well, I don't know what that means, but why is that a big deal? Like, you're just instantly drawn in because, like, again, it's the characterization of the, the, the crew where their instant reactions draw you in. You're like, what does this mean? Tell me more. Let me keep reading, which I didn't do. I do want to know, what are your guys' favorite characters? Ooh. Calm, you can take this one because you'll have more to say on it than me. Uh, Sussex. I don't know why. I'm just drawn to her character. Do you know what? I would say that too, purely based on that scene where she sees the other Andrisk woman on the, yes. at the port. And then yeah. and she does this she has this beautiful moment of like like I'm sure they said it was like almost forty five minutes of just like almost like heavy petting of just like like it, at no <laughs> point was it sexual, but they were just like cuddling and stroking each other and then she she's given a feather because it meant that she impacted that woman's life mm-hmm. and, and then she gives the woman a feather and she comes out and she's like, I'm so sorry, um if that made you uncomfortable. I'm really sorry I made you wait. And um, Kizzy and Rosemary are just like, oh, not, not a problem. Like, you do what you've got to do. Like, we don't fully understand what just happened, but <laughs> but it was clearly important. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I am excited to read more about Sussex's character based on what I have heard happens in the rest of the novel. Because obviously, um, I know what happens in the novel because I had to find out because we do a book at it's okay Robbie we've been over this <laughs> I st- I feel so guilty and I will continue to shame myself throughout this one hour podcast it's okay it's okay yeah no honestly I think I would say Sussex as well um I don't I kind of flipped and flopped about who's my favorite character throughout the book like at one minute it was Ashby one minute it was Rosemary like sometimes it's Lovey like but I kept going back to Sussex oh, just don't. being like oh <laughs> I definitely think <clears throat> I I struggle to decide between Sussex and Ashby, but I have to 
admit to myself that Ashby's not my favorite character. I just love him, and which is very different. Yeah. Like if I had to choose, you know, <laughs> if it was which one do you fancy, it would be Ashby. But if it's which one do you do you prefer, like which one's your favorite character, it's Sissix. You know, like yeah. You mean no one here stands I don't Corbin? Know Corbin, I don't know. Do you know what? I, I actually really liked Corbin even in the first few chapters because even though he... So he he uses the equivalent of a racial slur mm-hmm. about Sussex. Um, and I don't, I don't justify it, but I understand, you know, this is somebody he doesn't like. He's really angry for some reason and he fires out an insult which is completely uncalled for and really inappropriate and he's shut down by Ashby and he's like yeah, sorry yeah and like i think it even says like like um Ashby could see Corbin was instantly instantly regretted what he said and that, so Ashby didn't call him out on it properly because he was like he knows that he didn't mean it in a fully malicious way he just said it because he was angry and he knew that it would it, it would get the point across that he was angry at her mm-hmm. So I get that, but I also but then he pardon. He does it again. He does do it again. Oh, see, I've not got to that bit yet. I've not got to that bit yet. So, but this is why you should read the book <laughs> so you don't try to defend racism. I know, I know, but I also just really enjoy the fact that he hates people. Like I relate <laughs> a lot. Well, I I like that he's a grumpy when character, and t- to be honest, that for me, Corbin's character arc yes. is one of the best things about the book is that he goes through the revelations about who he is and what he is, and then you see him at the end of the book, he's kind of more accepting, and he's a kind of, you know, he's had a fit of the arse, and he's a wee bit ashamed and more accepting of Sizzix and That's a, who she is as a person, because he's been through mm-hmm. his own... And I think stuff. he's also just seen, like, how much his crew is willing to do for him. So he, like... I think he also, like, just because he spent all this time down in the algae lab, like, he kind of, he just isolated himself in, like, if you're in isolation, as we all know at this point in life, like, you begin to really question how people feel about you, especially if they're not reaching out to you. Um, So I think he could have built up some resentment towards his other crewmates, just being like, well, they're all just doing their own thing. They're not serious about their work. I'm serious about my work. Yeah. Like, I don't trust And then also, them. like, yeah. seeing how close they are, mm-hmm. he would, I guess, possibly resent them for that and think that they're a gang when really, and we've, I guess, I, I know I've done it before and it wouldn't be a reach to say probably everyone has done it at some point in their life. It's actually your fault that you've actually pulled yourself away mm-hmm. and sort of isolated yourself from them but then blame them for it because that's easier than saying, oh, actually, mm, I'm not a perfect person. Huh, weird. What? Um, <laughs> but I am, um, like, that nah, train of thought's gone. Never mind, fuck that. You were going somewhere <laughs> with that, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess I was just going to mention the, the dinner scene at the start where they all they all meet early to meet Rosemary and they all introduce each other and they all eat the bread that Dr. Chef is adamant shouldn't be eaten until the meal's served, but they all eat it anyway. Um, which is just rude because he's worked hard to make that meal. Um, and then literally Corbin joins them as they're all about to start eating. Like mm-hmm. he literally walks in. I think it even says like as if on cue, like mm-hmm. that the, they're all sat and they're all about to eat. So they've stopped talking so he can join them. 
Like, oh, I might change my just... mind. Dr. Mm. Chef might be my favorite character. <laughs> oh, I liked his backstory as well. Yes. I just oh. love his vocal cords. <laughs> He's fucking <I> incredible. <laughs> oh. Do you think they'll make a film out of it? That would be so oh, I hope cool. so. I mean, we did have that fantastic fan cast that Callum had sent us <laughs> earlier this month. Rosemary as Han Montana is just... The, the problem is that impacted the way I saw them after I... And I had to just blank that out because... <laughs> did it... Who was it that was Neelix from Star Trek? Yeah. I think it was Corbin. It was... All I know is that they it like had Nathan fun. Fillion as Ashby and I was fucking furious. Because oh, no. in my head, Ashby is like my age, very handsome. Not not about me. Like he's my age and he's also very handsome. Um... And just like this sort of like, like, I guess I put that, I use that because I kind of want to be Ashby a little bit. Like, like Callum will tell you, since I was like a teen, like 14, 15, I've always wanted my own spaceship to just fly You're a space cowboy, I get it. I 100% wish I was. And so Ash, <laughs> I, I think that's why I also relate and fancy Ashby a lot because I'm like, <gasps> ideals. I just love him. And I, I just, I love also the fact that the spaceship is a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yes, I, like, and I know that's such a stereotypical trope of sci-fi of like, oh, the the band of the band of merry crew members of the shitty piece of shit that they clobber <laughs> together. But I'm just like, yes. But it makes sense, though. Yeah, like the world building in this book is so convincing. You don't question it, or you don't think. God, they're trying a bit hard with all this, like, mm -hmm. technology yeah. and things like that. Yeah, it is. It, it It's like a patchwork quilt, but it works so well. And yes. and I guess that would be an analogy for the ship, but also the, the crew and the mm -hmm. storyline of that. It all is sewn together so perfectly that it is random patches, but it makes this amazing end result. Also, the uh, the the ship is almost like a character mm -hmm. itself to me. Anyway, um, like to the point where they they replaced so much stuff throughout it, and they talked about how you know bish bosh it all was. That at the end of the book, where they you know they get all their compensation and the the fee for the job, and then they're like, let's get another boar. I'm like. <gasps> Yay, well done, guys. You know, you're going to get a new piece of equipment and you genuinely feel excited for them that they're upgrading their shit. <laughs> so... Um, I also... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was going to ask another question. So you go ahead. Oh, I want to put a pin in the question for like a hot second. Okay. And ask you if you knew what Callum meant when he said Corbin got a fit up the arse. No. <laughs> I mean, kind of, but generally like... So there's, it's there's like a, not a it's, translation it's, for it. It's like a, a it, well, it it directly translates to a fit up the arse, which is basically a kick up the bum. Okay, so that's what I assumed it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, you should have gone with that then. Trust yourself, Lisa. You're basically almost Scottish. It's like you guys are speaking Sussex's language, and I'm speaking clip. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> Me and Robbie will just start doing that. <laughs> But then as soon as Callum said it, I was like, oh, Lisa has no idea what that means. 
<laughs> but yeah. So this question comes from Christina, and it actually goes in pretty well with our other question, like what we were just talking about. They make several stops on the Wayfarer to the small angry planet. Which stop would be one that you'd want to join them on? I haven't read that journey yet, so I'll let you guys rule this one. I really liked, um, was it Cricket? Yeah, yeah. oh, Cricket was so much fun. They, they stopped at Cricket, and I can't remember what her name was, but the teenage girl who wanted to shoot bugs instead mm-hmm. of, I don't know, look after the house or, or learn stuff, I really liked her, and I was like, come on yeah. with us, come on, you could be a character too. <laughs> I would love to see Port Coriel, personally, which is like such a basic answer, but because they go to Port Coriel all the time towards the end, so Robbie wouldn't have read it. They're all talking about where they would be going on vacation after their long haul, and Dr. Doctor Chef was like, I'm going to go visit my friend in Port Coriel, and Jenks was like, you're going somewhere? We go all the time? <laughs> it's quite funny. But cricket was really fun. I think that would probably be like my next stop. Just because. Yes. Yeah, no, like all of the characters seemed very fun. It seemed very like they were homesteaders. They were settlers. Like it almost felt like it would be like Jakku from Star Wars in a lot of ways, though. Oh, that's what I was just imagining. Like lots of sand. (laughs) But I could actually see it like I know you guys said that you know, would you want it to become a movie? But I kind of saw or hoped that it could be a TV yeah. show. And Ooh. the characters on Cricket, I could totally see that being a parallel um, like, like franchise a spin-off. Like a spin-off. episode. Spin-off. Yes, that's the word. And uh, I would love that. That'd be pretty good. HBO, pick this up. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think that sci-fi books work a lot better as TV shows because there's been a lot of um, like you know there's a really unsuccessful or not, not even sci-fi but sci-fi fantasy because you know like Shadowhunters was a shit film and then they made mm. that show which was trash but like successful trash and it's yeah. now like one of Netflix's biggest shows um, Mortal Engines is now being pitched for TV shows because the movie oh, really? bombed and it's it's because the, the nature of the storylines are so big and they've got such a big world to introduce you can't yeah. do it in an hour and a half and finish a storyline at the same time. Like, yeah. Um, Plus, with this book, I would dare say it's episodic. <laughs> yeah, Robbie wouldn't know, but yeah, we, we, both, both we know. both know. Robbie doesn't. I don't know because I didn't read the book. <laughs> um, I need a dunce cap. <laughs> we need a shame bell. Yeah. Shame. Shame. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think excellent point made about being a tv show i agree so callum you actually sent us in some questions would you like to choose one or two so many questions i can't remember okay. them to be honest i mostly stole them off of reddit because i, like, I want to hear them talk that. about this you don't admit that oh i used my uh non-existent english degree to come up with questions for book club yes mm-hmm. oh you don't need I told an english you, you degree to talk about english nerds Thank you. That's what I told him on the phone. No, we could have done this without our English degrees. We, we're just ultra nerds because we have them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
so I actually have your uh, your email up on here. So I will okay. pick one at random. Oh, I really actually, I, I like this one a lot. Um, Dr. Chef, squeeze your shoulder. I've been feeling much the same about this, but every, sapri- uh, but every sapien species has a long, messy history of powers that rise and fall. The people we remember are the ones who decided how our maps should be drawn. Nobody re- remembers who built the roads. He chuffed and rumbled. We're just tunnelers. That's all we do. And that's all that we can do. If it wasn't us, it would have been some other ship. This would have happened without us. This isn't something we can stop. Do you agree with Dr. Chef? So this is a moment that happens at the end of the book when they are literally faced with the Terebika and they're kind of like in their final moments of like, oh shit, this is this is actually a real big deal and this could actually go very badly or very well. And like, is it the right thing to tunnel this hole into the sky that would open them up to the rest of the galaxy? Mm. So why do you agree, Callum? I just think it's very true to life. I don't know. I feel like... I don't know. <laughs> this is why I can't take part. I need you guys to answer these questions. That's no, all good. You're doing fine. Um <laughs> But um, <laughs> no, I agree with the first half. I don't agree with the second of his statement. Um, I mean, we obviously we do remember who drew the maps. We don't remember who built the roads. That's just a fact of life. But it doesn't mean that the people who built the roads doesn't don't have an influence, and that they couldn't stop or change how things were made. There wouldn't be a map without the roads. Well, like that, and like this That's is like true. about the big decision about whether or not this should be done, and like ultimately, when we're faced with Ashby talking to the Galactic Council, he's he does make a difference, right? He influences mm-hmm. people to change their mind. Sorry, spoilers, Robbie. What does he do? No, don't don't tell me. Um, at the end. Oh, well, I mean, it's not. We never go into that much no. context. It's just me being, like, we we never really talk about the content of the novel. So it's just me being nosy. It's just me wanting to skip having to read it. So <laughs> no, it's so good. If you don't finish this one, you don't get to read the second one, Robbie. No, that's. I'm so excited <laughs> to read it. Like, and I'm so annoyed at myself, as I said. Um, no, we'll get it done. No, but yeah, like I think. I think Ashby's actions at the end of the book directly are in direct confliction with what Dr. Chef says right there. Does I didn't, I have to admit, I didn't look into it as deeply <laughs> as that. So I was just being like, yeah, they fuck the little people. <laughs> that's but fair. that's fair because possibly, possibly, um, it's written by Becky Chambers, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes. she might have used that as a duality, you know, to show that that is the, the narrative that a lot of people subscribe to of mm-hmm. little people get fucked by the big people. And then, I, I mean, obviously I've not gotten that far in the book yet. Is Does Dr. Chef say this before or after Ashby does his thing? Before. Before. So Dr. Chef says it before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then, 
to me, that would be such a perfect way for the author to then go, but wait, you all have amazing power and can change things. Do you know what I mean? Like, so... Look at Robbie Sheffy, writing like, his essay without finishing the book. <laughs> Always. <laughs> um, but do you know what I mean? Like, so you've got Dr. Sheffy as this like, f- um, fatherly figure on the, on the mm-hmm. ship. And, you know, he's telling um, Rosemary, like, we get shat on as the little people. And then our captain rises above to change things. And I think um, yeah. I'm very excited to read that bit now. <laughs> <laughs> it does, I guess... It does build it up to be more inspirational than maybe perhaps it was because you're in that mindset of there is nothing we can do. And then he, like you say, he does actually do something and he changes the, the course of potentially the history of the universe that they're in. I'm so excited to find out what he does. <laughs> <laughs> exciting. So speaking of... I think we're building it up... Right. Uh, speaking of mentioning Dr. Chef as a fatherly figure, because he had only been a mother, I wanted to talk about the different types of aliens we saw and how that created a more inclusive society, at least within the way they're excluding Corbin. Because <laughs> we do see a lot of, like, this is probably the first book I've read that had such a good grasp on using different pronouns. And, like, switching mm-hmm. yes. pronouns for characters as they saw fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I think... Yeah. Um, one of my favourite parts in the book that sort of threw you into the universe of the Wayfarer, I guess. You're about to steal my bit, I can tell. <laughs> Do you want to say it then? You crack on. You You, you give us what you want to say first. Um, it just for me as someone who um, like as part of the staff pride network and stuff using the correct pronouns is such a big thing and you put it in your emails and things like that and you make sure that everybody knows and there is a moment at the start of the book where Rosemary um, hears them refer to Ohan as they so she suddenly doesn't realise um, if this species has a gender or um, if, they, if they're non-binary um, so they then use uh, gender neutral pronouns and that for me was like wow like to just to see it in a book yeah. was really cool so plot twist that was not what I was going to talk that... about <gasps> oh right okay yeah. so this is great more discussion guys um, no the <laughs> bit that I was going to talk about was um, just how incredibly um, easily the conversation about Dr. Chef came into play about how mm, yes. he said, hi, I'm Dr. Chef, and I'm male at the moment. And she was like, at yeah. the moment? And he was okay. like, yeah, no, my species starts female. We have our babies, then we turn male. And then before we die, we're a bit of both. And I was just like, fantastic, cool. Sounds, you know, well, fair play. Yeah. yeah. No, I like, it was it's, just such a natural... It was natural... just so nonchalant. Yeah, yeah, it was so, like, nonchalantly explained and... um. I think it's great because Rosemary, um, the the third person narrative works really well because you get everyone's thought process at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so Rosemary being sort of like, oh, wow, 
an alien that I'm not really sure of, and he's just told me a lot of information about his species, and this is throwing me, but how cool is that? And he's yeah. just like, oh, well, yeah, I have that reaction all the time, and she seems like she's a cool chick, it's fine. Obviously, he doesn't talk like that, but I kind yeah. of wish he did. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, Rosemary, you're a cool chick, Get a, take a seat at the table, have a roll. <laughs> That's exactly have how Have some I happy coffee. Chef, absolutely 100%. <laughs> I imagine Dr. Chef as um, <laughs> Professor Hulk from Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I see this as an absolute win. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I like I feel like that kind of stuff just like it pops up so naturally in the book. Like I mm. think Kizzy mentioned that she like when when she got her first package from her, like her care package from her dad's she was just like it's from my dad's and that was the end of the discussion mm. yeah um i also love how it normalizes sort of um i mean obviously it's 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 um an a- an alien sort of culture but i love how it normalizes non um oh what's the word i'm looking for non-monogamy non- no, um, Platonic? what's the word for like, no, so like a man, like a, a mum and dad is mm. a, what type of family compared to uh, two dads? Are you looking for the word non-traditional? That's the one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it sort of, it totally opens up and sort of quite nonchalantly introduces a whole different range of non-traditional family types that even, like, you know, to the point where it's, like, Sissex's family and having the three oh, different yeah. families. And, and so you know, so you... I tried explaining that to him over the phone. That <laughs> broke But me. I sort of, I sort Absolutely of already had, a, had a guide because she mentioned, um, she mentioned her Hatch family in the bit that I read. And then she also talked about the feathers that she gives people, mm-hmm. um, which sort of, introduced the concept of the feather family um but i um i i love how it like it sort of almost makes fun of how upset people get about non-traditional families in our human culture because it's like okay you can't deal with two dads sissex has fucking three families over here yeah because you know they do not give a fuck you know and you need to follow suit like i just I'm, i'm and there's, sorry, there's a bit later on in the book. Oh, couldn't have read it. Yeah, I was going to um, mention this. Yeah. Where they go to, yeah, they they go to Sizzix's home planet and town, and she meets her biological mm-hmm. child, which to us would be such a big thing, and to the other human characters is really quite disturbing for them to see her be like, "Cool, can I go see my my actual family now?" Though. It's really, it was really, really strange, but also cool. Yeah. Actually, I was going to mention how, like, because this is... Sick, 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 I can't say her name <laughs> in plural. Um, <laughs> Sussexies. Yeah, that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it. Sussexes. Um, <laughs> her culture here is entirely bound by chosen families like because she has her her hatch family which is the one she went to go visit but then she also has a feather family 
And Feather Family is, like, the adults who you choose to spend your life with. And as she explains, like, this can change throughout the years. It's common for people to switch from one Feather Family to another. And she chose for her Feather Family, spoiler Robbie, to be the Wayfarer, which are even, like, outside of her culture. And it's just incredibly touching. And, like, it's, it's so fascinating to me because, like, they don't provide her with everything that they need, that she needs from her family. But, like, this is also mm. the people she chooses to spend her life with. And she's decided to share that piece of her culture, even if it be unbeknownst to them, with them. And mm. she chooses, like, it's all about the choice and the love that she has for her crew. Oh. That's actually the trigger for the spoiler that I told you, Robbie. So Rosemary finds that out by going into the records. Uh, and then she realises just how much of her own culture Sizzix is um, kind of yes. foregoing mm-hmm. to be with the people that she wants to be with. Well, that's cute. Just a book about love and sacrifice, and it's absolutely wonderful and in space. I love it. <laughs> okay, well, we have seven minutes left, guys. Final thoughts. Oh, um, I have one more question that I, I remembered okay. from my list. Okay. And I just want to hear your thoughts because, yeah, did you, did it affect you as much? So, Lovey's mm-hmm. death, because we're going to call it a death, do you think it affected you as much as the death of, like, a human or a live character would have? Because personally, I was, I was greeting, that's when I, that's when I started sobbing. Oh no, that absolutely tore me apart. Because I was expecting Ohan, you know, and it was also mm-hmm. both. It was it was both that Lovey is just such a fantastic character, and the fact that Jinx was so in love with her, and that she loved Jinx so much, and like she was a sentient being, d- despite being not categorized as a sapient. But like her death tore me apart. I was just like, oh no, and just seeing <laughs> Jinx's reaction to it as well. And, like, the forwardness of when she got rebooted as a different person. And, like, her having to view what her... Not necessarily, like, her own death, but also her own death. How it affected the people around her was fascinating and heartbreaking. And... Yeah. And Ashby... Do we think... And also... um, So... Um, I haven't got to that bit yet, and um, I always know I'll probably cry at it. But mm-hmm. I wonder if it hit more. It had more of an impact. <clears throat> it had more of an impact to the reader because Lovey, you know, as you guys have both admitted, was, you know, she had a a consciousness or a personality or a a, a sort of you know whatever she was she was real to every member of the wayfarer and to us as readers but she was constantly throughout the no or throughout the culture of the novel um refused that humanity or refused the acknowledgement of her humanity mm-hmm. and then it's sort of like removed from her before she can get that acknowledgement yeah yeah um so i wonder if, if there, that... there is a point hmm? um like after her death, when Ashby's reporting to the 
Galactic Commons Council people where they're like, oh, well, at least there was no casualties. And at, like, at first he kind of accepts it and then he gets annoyed with them. He's like, actually, I lost a crew member. Yeah. And they were like, it was just your AI. And that's why he kind of goes off on them. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, so is... <laughs> I am because, so the bit that I got to the book is that Jenks is currently discussing the possibility of finding a body kit for mm-hmm. Lovey. Which is like, in in the knot, it's super taboo. And even his best friend Pepper's like, "Why would you ask for such unspoken technology? Why would you um, ask about the and, dark arts?" And so, oh, my picture is very slim. <laughs> um, but um, so yes, yeah, so already like I'm. Let's see how many pages I'm in. A uh, hundred and thirty-five. Um, one hundred oh, and thirty-five pages in, and Lovey, who was already. Shish, Lovey's um, was the first character that Rosemary interacted with, and mm. she was instantly displayed as this affectionate, likable, yeah, affectionate, likable. Um, um, what's the word? Like not guilty, but like she felt bad for having to give She's um, Rosemary a, a flash. Yeah, empathetic. She's empathetic and possibly one of the most human characters in the book. Um, mm. and so like to find out that she dies without getting to fully be acknowledged as the amazing being that she is i won't say person because mm-hmm. she doesn't have a body i guess which is possibly ig- ignorant i'm not sure how we deal with this in sci-fi but um you know it's like she didn't get to to live the life that she probably deserved because mm-hmm. of how she was created and I use the word created in the same way that I would say that humans are created or Sussex was created in an egg. Um, but yeah, so I am already very nervous to read that scene because oh, I'm going to yeah. be a mess. Purely based on how excited I was at the idea that she could sort of get freedom and escape. Uh, it's that bit where she was like, you know, when you guys are all off the ship and having fun, I do like wonder what I'm missing. But I'm yeah. not sitting around here all day waiting for a set of legs. And I was just like, yes, queen. No, you're not. Like, you own yourself. But it would be great if you could join them for getting shit-faced with Rosemary yeah. and Kizzy. That would be amazing. But, yeah. Right. Ratings. I'm not going to rate it. I know. Because we didn't I get to, like, half our it. questions. But it was honestly just such a good book. <laughs> There's so much to talk about. Yeah. What a shame. I mean, we can keep going if you want. But oh, no, I'm it's okay. not sure. You're a sleepy yeah. boy, I get it. Well, I can't even go to bed. I've got to FaceTime Amy and have dinner, so it's going to be a long Robbie, night I'm anyway. But I'm off, I'm off tomorrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one <laughs> flatmate of mine. Woo! <laughs> so, so what are the rating titles? Uh, just out of five. Yeah. Right. And then explain why. All right. You would know this if you listened to our right. book club episodes. But... Oh, don't do that to him. Don't, don't call me out like that. <laughs> I will start. I will give it a five out of five. Honestly, <gasps> so good. Could not put it down. Fantastic. I also would give it a five out of five. Why would you give it five out of five, Callum? Because I did. I like the character building. I like the world building. I liked the characters themselves and like their personalities. Um, I, but also. Like Lisa said, that was the first book in a very, very long time that I would I I wanted to read. 
I wanted to go and pick it up and and I would be like, right, I've got to do the dishes, but you know, just one more chapter. And then I would do the dishes, but as I was doing the dishes, I'd be like, oh my God, what's going to happen? You know, and I would be getting nervous about going back to reading it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've tried to read three of your book club books and I, I haven't actually finished them yet. Mm-hmm. So that's why I haven't listened to any of your book club books. But yeah. that's perfectly. This one was really, really good. Robbie, from what you've read so far, do you want to give a rating or do you want to abstain from that? So. No, from what I've read, it would have been a four, but only because I haven't experienced the sort of character development mm-hmm. that that you guys have. And I think that will be a really exciting aspect of it that I can't wait to read about. Yeah. But yes, okay. So is, was, is this our first five out of five? No, I think we Or did we, we gave... give that to Red, White and Royal Blue? I think we gave one to Red, White and Royal Blue too. Well, it it was excellent as well. So, right. Well, um, yes. Do we want to announce next month's book? Yes. Book do you know June? what it is? Yes. Do you? I'm so excited. June's book. <laughs> I do. I, I've forgotten what it's actually called, but I did check the. the That's poll okay. I have I... it all pulled up right here. Excellent. <laughs> all right. So for June, we did a poll. Because it's Pride Month, we wanted to read an LGBTQ plus story. So, for June, drumroll please. We will be reading A Boy's Own Story by Edmund White. Oh, I'm excited. I think that's the one I bought. I've read that it's really sad. I was raging because oh. I wanted to watch, I wanted to read the hours because I watched the film at uni, but I'm also sort of glad because this was the one that I read the blurb of and was like, oh, it sounds amazing. And then I saw the hours and was like, oh, I saw a film about that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, secretly happy, but um, I know I'm going to cry at this one. I know it. Yeah, definitely. Oh. Like, I'm going to have to start reading that real early because, like, when it gets sad, it takes me so much longer to read books. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I'm actually going to have to properly make an effort to read this now. And I have advance notice because I took part in the pods, so I can start reading it now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. A whole two days early, Callum. Woo! Oh, I'm very excited (laughs) for it. It's going to be very fun. Well, maybe not fun, but we'll... Maybe. mm, Yes. It'll be a journey. (laughs) It's going to be a journey. Yes, it will be. Well, that is all from us for Book Club this month. Um, you will have a new episode of We're Doing Fine with Robbie and Lisa tomorrow. Tomorrow. If you're listening to it when it's released. Otherwise, what are you doing with your life? Really? <laughs> um, they might be finishing the book like you, Robbie. Yeah, okay, fuck off. Um, please always remember to um, check us out on Twitter at WDF cast and our Instagram at We Are Doing Fine. We put up lots of just random stuff. We do like to just <laughs> use it as a personal account most of the time. Um, I noticed that on the We Are Doing Fine uh, Twitter, Lisa replied to Innocent Smoothies and they replied <laughs> to her. And now I feel like we are famous because I love them. Anyway, when while you're checking out those uh, social medias check out our facebook group we are doing fine with robbie and lisa it's the same title as the podcast it's a private group just pop in a wee request and we'll add you pretty quickly uh, we've just been joined by dave in the shower in the group so Woo! if you want to um send some memes our way join that group 
And since we mentioned Dave in the shower, we would like to thank him and hashtag Amy Reader Tuesday for our brand new theme song. I absolutely love it. Thank you, guys. We are going to continue to thank you until we die. Yes, forever and ever. And while you're online, you can email us at wearedoingfine at gmail.com. You can email us book club suggestions. You can email us questions for next month's book club. You can email us questions or things you want Robbie to say in a Scottish accent. Whatever, really, we'll respond or we'll talk about it on the pod. We love hearing from you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And you can request postcards. Because I got my... Yeah, you can request postcards. Who doesn't love mail? I just got a whole bunch of postage, so they're ready to go out. (laughs) Um, And last... I love your stamps. Thank you. They're so cute. Okay, I'm just trying to do a fucking podcast here, but that's fine. You guys talk about (laughs) stamps. Sorry. It's fine. Please continue. Um, Last but not least, remember to rate, review, and subscribe because the lots of stars and the messages of nice things make us happy. And when we're happy, we do better podcasts. You've all heard episode 12 where Robbie was grumpy about the Tories. It was not a good episode. (laughs) We don't want a repeat. So, lots of stars and lots of nice comments. Thank you. Yes, Thanks. and tell your friends about the podcast. Word of mouth is our best way of new- getting new listeners. We love new listeners. <laughs> Sorry, usually I say that I love the old listeners just as much, but I'm not going to lie. Has your sentiment changed? <gasps> yes. New listeners are the best. I love them. Sorry. How <laughs> rude. Yeah. Well, I love oh, our you old like listeners. Old? Old listeners, you're so yesterday. So yesterday, so yesterday. Oh my oh, Wouldn't it be great if that was our outro music? I'm going to tweet Hilary Duff and be like, can we have so yesterday as our outro music? Just for a minute. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm not. Um, okay, so that is the random spiel from Robbie over. And until next month's book club, keep, keep reading fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.